Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Hallelujah. Let's get into the word. I thank Eli for praying for the word for the rest of today's service. Let's jump right into it. I'm excited for it. The message is titled Celebrate. If you're taking notes, go ahead. You should all be taking notes. If you're not going to take notes today, um, practice taking notes. Do it. The best thing for you to do is to take out your um, element of note-taking, whether it's your smart device, whether it's the dumb device. Would, would, would paper and pen be considered dumb device nowadays? All right, good. I, I'm, more of a fan. I'm more of a fan of a notebook and a, and a pen. I'm more old school, traditional like that. That's how I like to do it. Um, I, like, I, like pay, I like to hear the papers flip still. If you're against this stuff, that's cool. Like, at least you're reading it through, t- through uh, electronics. But, but um, if you take out your notes, go ahead and do so, whether it's through technology, your notebook, your pen, take it out. Let's start getting ready to take notes. The best thing for you to do, we say this a lot, is to always go back throughout the week and weeks and go back to the messages and hear the messages and compare them with your notes and see what else the Lord speaks to you. How many times have we said you could hear the same verse a hundred times and a hundred times you get a whole different message from that verse. So um, it's alive, it's living, it's powerful, and um, it still has uh, mighty power to work the way it did yesterday, today, and even tomorrow. Amen? The word is celebrate, and uh, we'll get into this. And I started to think about this as we jump into today's message. Celebrate. Uh, there, are, there, you know, there are, diff- there are various religions uh, that don't celebrate or don't celebrate much. Uh, they teach that these celebrations actually displease God. And um, I started to think about that. I said, well, we like to celebrate. At least I do. My family does. We celebrate. And at least at, at Nest, we try to do our best to celebrate. We like to celebrate. I believe as well that it's a cultural thing. I believe that celebration is embedded in us, in many of us, and it's a cultural uh, thing. What I mean by that is, like, give us a reason to celebrate, and we're there. How many of you, if you just have a reason to celebrate, I mean, you're there, and, and you're like, what do I bring? I'm coming, and, um, and you're into celebrating. You're into fiesta. You know, you're into parties, and we celebrate. Think about all the things that we celebrate. We celebrate birthdays. We celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Easter. We celebrate all these things. I mean, and there's so many things that I'm not naming. We celebrate anniversaries. Anniversaries. And we celebrate all kinds of anniversaries. We have an anniversary for that, an anniversary for this, an anniversary for that thing. Our church was just able this last week to celebrate 13 years, a 13-year anniversary. We celebrate. Celebrate. 13 years, and that's an anniversary. It's a celebration. Couples celebrate anniversaries all the time. Some couples are are um, are just are just um, they're awesome. I don't want to offend you know. We like to use the word what is it? Extra. They're extra, but that's good. They're extra special, and they celebrate all kinds of things, you know. And it's good. That's good for them because why? Because at least they're celebrating, and they make it an intention to celebrate. They celebrate everything. They celebrate when they first met. They fir- celebrate the first date. Like oh, we're going out. We're gonna go out to dinner. We're gonna have a for what? What's the what's the occasion? This was. 15 years ago, our first date. I'm like, what? I don't, I don't even remember that. I mean, I remember my first day, but the date of it? I don't remember the, the exact date. We're going to go out, and we're going to walk around the beach, and we're going to have this awesome presentation for my wife. What is it? What are you celebrating? What's your anniversary? Our first kiss. I'm like, what? I wonder if Nancy remembers our first kiss. 
Do you remember? Okay. I think she's saying, yeah, behind the mask. Can you imagine? And then, but some couples will celebrate that day, the first date, first kiss. Just give us a reason, man, and we'll make it a personal holiday. You know, we'll make it a holiday. We'll invite people over, come and celebrate with us. And that's the way we are. We just celebrate. And I believe that the Lord gave us the opportunity to celebrate. I believe that he gives us opportunities to celebrate. And there is good found in celebrating. It's in his word. Celebrating is all over scripture. I just read uh, here in worship, Revelation 19. That whole passage to me is not one of fear. Really, it's not. I'm thinking that if you're on the other side and you're not a child of God, definitely it's one of fear. Definitely it's one of judgment. Definitely it's one like, whoa, he's a what? He has what in his eyes? He has what that comes out of his mouth? Definitely I'm terrified of him, not me. When I read, when you read Revelation 19, it should, it should bring forth a thrill in your heart. Like, wow, that's, that's God. That's Jesus. And we celebrate Revelation 19 as we, um, as we read it was a huge celebration for us. The wedding feast, the coming of the Lord, so on and so forth. He gives us reasons to celebrate. Amen? Can you just take a moment right there and just celebrate? Just celebrate. Just practice it. Amen. That's a good set. You know what? You know what? Everyone stand up for a second. And if you're home watching, we welcome you. Maybe you're sitting down in your couch. Maybe you're in the bathroom. Get up in the bathroom. Get up from your couch. Stand in front of your screen. And, 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 and can you right now before the presence of the Lord just give a great celebration. Come on. give a, Maybe it's a dance. Amen. A running man. A wave. All right. Good. Amen. You may be seated. Celebration is good. The merry heart is good. Celebration is good. In his word, it's all over. You, you even look at the Jewish people, and it's embedded in them. Celebration. Everything was about a celebration for the Jewish person. And, and still to today, they celebrate so much. They have not only just birthdays and all that, but they have feasts. That they're constantly celebrating over. And we should also celebrate with them in these things. And they're celebrating all kinds of things. Things like Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Feast of First Fruits and the Feast of Pentecost or of Weeks, the, the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Tabernacles. I mean, there's a constant celebration even for the Jewish person. Scripture teaches us to have an attitude and a heart of celebration. We should have an attitude and a heart of celebration. It should be part of who we are. That we can celebrate. That when you're down and you're out and you're sad and you're depressed. That you can find it within in your relationship with the Lord and who Christ is. That you could say, okay, this is just for a moment. But joy arises in the morning. I, I need to understand that part of my being is to also live in celebration. I can't live in dread. I can't live in death. I can't live in sorrow. I can't live in the gloomy. I need to encounter in, my, in the presence of the Lord the celebrations that come from him. Amen? Psalm 150, when you read it, and my goodness, have we exhausted this passage at nest. We've exhausted Psalm 150. I think at one point I did like four messages on Psalm 150. And then I even did it in our, our more um, meetings and stuff like that. I got into Psalm 150. It, it's a beautiful passage. 
And I thought about that passage yet again because Psalm 150, it sounds like a, a big celebration to me when I read it over and over again. It's all about celebrating. The psalmist is writing and he, he's basically telling us what? Let all things praise the Lord. We just read in Revelation 19, what is all heaven doing? What is the song that is being sung? Ready? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What is the psalmist saying? Let all things praise the Lord. Let all things celebrate in the Lord. And that's what he's writing in Psalm 150. I'm just going to read it. It says in verse 1, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. One translation ends it with hallelujah or praise the Lord. Did you catch the celebration? He, the psalmist is basically saying, bring out your instruments. Bring out all the instruments. Everything. Here in our area, we do good in celebration. I mean, give us a reason to celebrate. And you will catch us with pots and pans at La Carreta. I mean, we just love to celebrate. We go out there and it's foolish. Sometimes it's for the dumbest things. And we're out there, think, 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 think. We're hitting our pans and pots with a plastic spoon. All because we like to celebrate. From 49th Street to Bird Road, La Carreta is the place to be. There's, maybe there's someone watching from a different state today like, what is La Carreta? It's a Cuban cuisine where a bunch of Hispanics act crazy and celebrate for whatever reason. I remember that when I was a senior in high school and they took Elian or whatever, whatever year it was. And Elian, I, don't, I think I was in college already. I don't know. I was in college. What did I say in high school? Something happened in high school. And, 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 and. And we were able to take a day off. The teacher's like, if you don't want to come tomorrow because it's in your Cuban culture, I get it. And we all went to La Carreta. And I remember we sang a song, Fidel. Uh, and we, we, uh, we said, Elian, amigo, uh, uh, I don't know, United States está contigo. We, used, I don't know, we were singing weird things. And we were talking bad about Fidel Castro. And we were hitting pots and pans. We were celebrating and we were marching. And we were like, no, we don't. I don't know, it's just we're weird, man. But we like to celebrate. And if there's anything that we should be celebrating, if the Lord is doing any kind of work in us, it's to live in celebration. Live in the celebration that we receive from his presence. When it says celebrate the Lord, when it, Psalm 150 says praise him, praise him with loud cymbals and crashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise him with timbrel and dance. Praise him. That word praise in the Hebrew is halal. And that Hebrew word, yes, to praise, it means to boast. The Hebrew word there, it means to boast. But when you, when you continue to look at that definition, it's a boasting of celebration. It, it's actually to celebrate, which actually brings forth something like this. It's a shine. So I love that the word praise also means to shine. What, what does that mean? That a life that praises and celebrates in the Lord is a life that shines. And that's what the psalmist is saying. That's what the Hebrew is saying. That's what the context, that's what the text of Scripture says. If you're going to live in celebration, then your life shines before others. There's no way that you could live in celebration 
And everywhere you go, darkness follows. That is not the right solution. That, it, it, the mathematical problem, it doesn't add up. If, if the celebration lives within me, there's a shining that goes through me, that flows through me. And that's what that word means. A life that praises, a life that celebrates in the Lord is a life that, amen, shines. And when we celebrate, when you hear that word, maybe you think it's like, oh, party. Oh, I'll bring balloons and I'll bring confetti and we'll bring all. Celebration in text does not only mean party. Celebration in text also means acknowledgement. To celebrate doesn't just mean like, hey, make a loud shout and yet you don't know what you're shouting for. That's just making noise and it's just you being a follower. Oh, let me go over there to that crowd. They're shouting. I like the way they shout. You're just a follower. You have no idea why they're shouting. You have no idea what's going on. You're just like, yeah, I like the noise. I'm loud. I, I, I fit around. No. Know what celebration is. Celebration is not just about making a noise. Actually, it has less to do with making a noise and has more to do with acknowledging. Acknowledging. Acknowledgement. And what I mean by that is acknowledging the day. Acknowledging the specific event. Acknowledgement. It's to be significant. It's to be joyous. It means to acknowledge, whether it's through a gathering, a social gathering, or whether it's in an activity. All of it is to be enjoyable. You celebrate your child. You celebrate your spouse. You, you, you celebrate a family member. You celebrate a friend. Maybe you have a birthday party for them. What are you doing there? You're not just having a party. You're acknowledging their life. You're saying happy birth, birthday. You're acknowledging their living. You're acknowledging another year. So when we even pray for birthdays, what do we do? We pray for prosperity. We pray for blessing in the following year. We acknowledge. Can you imagine going to a birthday party or you hosting a birthday party for someone you love? And it's just somber. Welcome to our birthday party. They lived another year. Oh, Lord, why? Maybe you feel like that about certain people. That's, you and, that's between you and the Lord. You got you to figure out what's going on there between you and God. Like. Dang, he's speaking to me. <laughs> but, but, but when we celebrate someone, right, it's we love them. We want it to be special for them. We want to surprise them. I hate surprises, but, but we do it because we want them to be surprised. We want them to show like we worked hard for this. We care about you so much that we actually planned something behind your back, though we know that you hated it. <laughs> I hope you see past that and just love us. Just venting here for a little bit. But, but, but just celebrate. Celebrate. Acknowledge. So my thought is this. That when the house of the Lord is established, when the house of the Lord is united together, there should be an acknowledgement. There is no way that you come here on a Sunday and you're not coming with acknowledgement. When we come together, the house of God is united because how have we taught here that this is not the house of God. This is the place where the house of God meets. This is a building that could burn and turn into ashes tomorrow. We are the house of God that meets in this building. Whether we are in this building or outside this building does not mean that you enter or exit the house of God. Why do we honor the place? It's because what happens within it, the presence that flows within the house of God. But once the house of God moves, it's a building. 
And we don't idolize any kind of building. Though we want a future building, though we're praying for a future building, all those things. We don't idolize all those things because we are the house of God. And when we are united together, please, I'm emphasizing this, there should be acknowledgement. There has to be acknowledgement. That a day like today is a significant day. How many of you caught it that during worship today you just paused and you said, this is significant. What is happening right now is extremely significant. What is being sung, what is being read, what is being spoken right now at this very moment, it is significant. It is a joyous day. This is a day in which we are gathered and we take part of this, the church, the body of Christ, with an enjoyable heart and with an enjoyable attitude. This is a special day. We don't take lightly when we say, for this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and let us be glad in it. We celebrate. We acknowledge that this is a special moment. What is happening here, this time in his presence today, do you understand that you could have missed out? But you came acknowledging and you've been able to bask in the presence of God this morning. There's, such, there's something so special about that. And I hope that you don't take that lightly. Come on. This is a significant day. This very moment, this very hour, it is significant on earth as it is significant in the heavens. Like I think like that when I come before the presence of the Lord. Though I am on earth, there is something erupting in heaven. This is, this is dimensional significance, what's happening right now. Angels are rejoicing as people on earth are celebrating. There is a celebration that is heard in heaven because there's also a celebration that is being encountered on earth. Where heaven and earth come together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're able to celebrate on earth because, man, don't get me wrong. There is a beautiful, significant, enjoyable celebration in heaven. So you take part of heaven. Like seriously, did you just come here and say, ah, the worship was good. No, get past the worship because it's not, like none of the worship should ever be about you. None of the songs should ever be because of your liking. You don't come to church and say, oh, I just didn't like worship. Why? Because ah, it wasn't about you and it wasn't even sung to you anyways. When we come, we say we worship whether it's off tune or on tune, off beat, off beat, whether the flags hit me in the face or if they did. Whatever happened, that person in the front screamed to me. I don't know. But we come, we acknowledge, we take part. This is special here at this moment. And it's also special in heaven. I'm not going to take this stuff lightly. And I'm going to do this in joy. Amen. As I said, we were able to honor. And what did I do as we honored 13 years this week of celebrating our nest, our nest functioning and establishing and rooting relationships with each other and also with the Lord. I took time and I went on WhatsApp and one of the challenges that I threw out there on the WhatsApp chat to those that are in the church and are part of it, and if you want to be part of it, just let us know. We'll easily add your number in there. We invited our family here at Nest to celebrate what? The Lord's faithfulness. And we said, share us something of how the Lord has been faithful, how he's good, 
in your lives. And, 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 and it's a continual reminder that there's a lot to celebrate for. Amen? It's an anniversary what we've experienced here for 13 years. It's an acknowledgement to enjoy each other. Enjoy ourselves in the Lord and enjoy each other with one another. And what he's done and what he's going to continue to do. How many of you could say amen? It's an anniversary of saying yes to the Lord. Not 13 years ago. It's an anniversary of saying yes to the Lord for 13 years. Your celebration is not because you said yes to the Lord 20 years ago. Your celebration is not because you said yes to the Lord five years ago, five months ago. Your celebration before the Lord or in the Lord is because you're saying yes continuously. It's a continual yes celebration for this moment and for the years to come. Amen? And as I talk about celebration, don't get me wrong, I know what scripture says. I'm not blinded by it, ignorant, or trying to avoid that scripture also teaches us that there's a time for everything. There's a time for everything. In Ecclesiastes, it teaches us this. That's a book that a lot of people go to when it comes to that. There's a time to dance, for example. Right now, a moment in the front row, we danced a little bit. Many of us stood up and we clapped and we shook a little bit and we danced. There's a moment to dance, Scripture says. But we also know that as there is a moment to dance, there's also a moment or a time to mourn. You know what I'm saying? We were, we were blessed, our, our, one of, and I know they watch every Sunday, one of the most beautiful things that I got to encounter was a, a month or so ago. And it was when our beautiful sister Bimbo passed to be with the Lord. And um, we, we missed uh, the family deeply, the Edwin family. But it was such a blessing to experience, uh, I don't even want to use funeral, but, but her, her, her pat, not even passing away. It was such a beautiful moment to experience her passing on with her family. We were able to go um, to the ceremony of where we were able to share and share the word and also have different family members and friends speak. But at the end of her, of her passing on service, they put on music. The Edwin family put on music, and it was so beautiful to see. First off, they were all dressed in white, and they wanted to celebrate, not mourn, her passing on. And as they put on music, everyone in there started to dance. And, and everyone's dancing. And, and, you know, you were there and like, oh, no, should I dance? And you see her daughters and her son and her husband, and they're just there and they're dancing. They're friends and their sisters and they're dancing. And I said, yeah, 100%, absolutely I'm going to dance. Because this is, yes, it's sad that she's not with us on earth, but, man, we're celebrating that she's in glory. And we know that one day we're going to reign in glory with her. And it was the most beautiful thing with the Edwin family to celebrate the life of Bimbo. And to be able to dance with them before her casket and before the presence of the Lord. I mean, it's mind-blowing. You grab someone from the world and you stick them in a room like that. Like, you guys are all in the cult. You're all crazy. But the people of God, there's something that the Spirit does in us. That even, we have the ability that even in and through death, there could be a celebration that erupts through us. Amen? And what an honor that was. And, I, and I, I'm sure they're watching us this Sunday. And I love the Edwin family. And just that right there blessed my life tremendously. And I honor them for that obedience of just worshiping the Lord, even in sadness, even in mourning. What a blessing that is. So we get it that there's times for everything. But the importance of the book of Ecclesiastes and those passages is this. That all those moments are exactly that. They're just for a moment. They're not necessarily meant to be for a lifetime. So if you're mourning for a moment exactly what it's 
to be mourning for a moment. Now you take it upon yourself whether you want to make it a lifetime. Are you with me? It's supposed to be for a moment, not for a lifetime. So what do we do? We need to aim and we need to exercise. Notice the word. Why do I use the word exercise? Because exercise is something that no one can make you do. Exercise has to be a decision that you make that I'm going to wake up today and this is how I'm going to exercise. This is what I'm going to do. You need to aim and you need to exercise your heart, your mind to what? To enjoy moments of celebration. What does that mean? Discipline yourself to celebrate. You mean, uh, you mean it doesn't just happen? No, it's not going to just happen. Search and you shall find. Exercise. And if you exercise and if you put it to work, you will enjoy these moments of celebration. Amen? Listen, we are in days where, where some it's hard to exercise this. For some it's hard to celebrate. And man, we understand for some of you, it may be hard to celebrate today. Some may, somebody close to you maybe is sick or, or maybe someone is watching and they're sick and it's hard to celebrate. Maybe someone has passed or someone is passing and it's hard. Maybe there's a financial loss and it's hard. It's just a hard time to celebrate. So what do we do? What is the church, the people of God called to do? I believe this, that we during these days need to be an encouragement. Not of a continual supplier of dread, but of a life that shines in other people's lives. We're not going to just get around them and say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to mope with you. No, I'm going to try to help you and encourage you. I'm going to try to be a shoulder in which you could cry on and lean on. I'm going to try to be a life that shines. We spoke about this last week in Difference Makers. And a lot of this message deals with Difference Makers. Difference Makers live in celebration. We spoke about this, that difference makers shine, and they shine externally of an internal celebration. Amen? We as difference makers shine externally because of an internal celebration. If we shine externally with an internal burial, funeral, then all that shining is done in hypocrisy. There's no substance. There's no weight in it. It will eventually be exposed. But if you shine in its purest form because of an internal celebration, when people receive from the fruit of that tree, man, it's going to bring healing to their lives. Healing to their lives. Is your shine authentic? Is your celebration because of what's really happening within? Don't just come out there and be like, I'm just going to celebrate because Pastor told me to celebrate, but yet there's no celebration or anything. Search, and I promise you, you shall find Find that there's, an, there's, a, there's, um, there's available for me to celebrate externally because I'm available to celebrate internally. It's an internal acknowledgement. An internal acknowledgement. Listen, that this day is significant. That this activity and this event is significant for the purpose of heaven here on earth. For the purpose of God. Amen? Hope you're learning something. And maybe it's not because someone... Maybe, you know, I said oh, there's people that are going through this, but maybe it's not because someone has been hit by life with a hard blow. Maybe someone is here or maybe someone is watching us right now or will watch us later online. And for whatever reason, life has become mundane for you. Mundane for you who's watching. 
And life has just become blah and mundane. And we attacked this last week. That how can the Holy Spirit now use us? How can he use us to now light? To light a fire in someone else's life. To be a testimony in someone else's life. To give light, to shine where someone else, where one of you may be engulfed in darkness. How many of you have gone through a sad moment, a cloudy moment, or a very dark moment, but because you got around the right people, that dark day became a little bit lighter, huh? Man, that's a, can you stand up? That's a huge testimony. Thank you, Lord, for putting me in this church. You just stood up because you just agreed with me that you've had some rough days at some point. Some cloudy days, some dark days, but you got at some point around someone or someones, and those people helped your dark day become a little bit lighter. If you can't celebrate that and give God glory, I don't know what to tell you. You should give God some praise for that. Amen. That God loves you so much that he was able to put someone, or sometimes you don't need a multitude of people. Sometimes all you need is the right person. That he put the right person in your life, that in the midst of your darkness, he says, here is a little bit of light for you. Praise God for that. He's worthy, man. You may be seated. Thank you for that. I know that today I'm in the right place because of that. I know that you're in the right place now because of that. Wow, what a testimony that is. Do you understand that not many people could stand up and say, not me? That the fact that you can do that, the fact that someone has given light to your ocean of darkness. Wow. And this is what I pray. I'm going to give you four things and I'll be out of your way. I just hope they go by pretty quick. Let's see how we do it. I pray that I can do just that with all of you today. That I can shine and I could give someone hope at this very moment. So here are some reminders of what you can celebrate. You should write this down. Here are some reminders. These are not the only things, but at least these are some things to move you forward. Trust me, I'm only giving you four because we could have really made this very long today. Number one, write this down. Celebrate people. Mm. Celebrate people. That's such an important one. Why? Because it's less about you. And some of us, we need to get over ourselves. Some of us, we need to make it less about ourselves. Some of us, we need to finally recognize that we're not necessarily God's greatest gift on this green earth. Like God also put some also beautiful great gifts on this earth that we could celebrate. Come on. Celebrate people. God has called you to celebrate people. Celebrate people. I want to ask you this. Who are people that you can do better of honoring? Who are people that you could do better? Seriously, just taking some time and celebrating them. Giving them a little gift. Taking them out to get coffee. Sending them a a little text. Doing a little visit. Just telling them a little I love you. Little pat on the shoulder. Little visit. Little whatever. Something that is special. To me, don't surprise me. Just let me know what you're going to do. And I love you back. I'm playing, just playing. Little surprises are good. Big surprises scare me. Big crowd surprises scare me. But, but celebrate people. And I'm not telling you to worship someone. 
If you take celebrate people as, hey, stop and just worship someone for a No, not worship someone. I'm just saying, is there someone that you can acknowledge and that you could treat with a much more enjoyable heart and attitude? You know what? I've taken this person for granted for a little while. I'm going to spend a moment today with an enjoyable heart and an enjoyable attitude just celebrating them. I'm really going to focus on making my life less about me and more about them today. Can you do that for once in your life? Let's do that with each other. Do that with others. You're, you want a relationship to change. Awesome. Amen. Who wants a relationship to change? Amen. Well, maybe it starts with you. Take time to celebrate. Take time to acknowledge. With what? How? With a joyful spirit. With a joyful heart. And watch how that relationship can begin to change. Amen. I love what Paul writes in Romans 12. Holman, Christian, says it this way. I'm going to read verses 10 through 18. He says, show family affection to one another with brotherly love. I love this part. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo it. Outdo each other. Me and Nancy have a little app now that we do. And uh, it's about taking pictures of your, uh, if any of you today want this app, come and see me because I need more points. Um, but what it's about is, is you take pictures you take pictures of your, of your receipt, and it gives me points. And the more points I get, I get a little discount. Maybe it's from a movie theater, maybe it's at Publix, but I get a discount. I get $5 off, $10 off. And if you join with my code today, you're, you're able to give me like 2,000 points right off the bat. And then you could also share in this beautiful free. So me and Nancy have this app. And now she has like 40-something thousand points. Okay, good. She only has 25. Gives me more hope. She only has 25. I'm at about over, a little bit over 4,000. I'm going to catch up to her. So, so, you know, I take scripture seriously. I just want to outdo her in every little thing. <laughs> that's competition. I don't know if that's really serving. But... <laughs> But seriously, come see me after. I'll hook you up with that app. I need some more points. All right. Not Nancy. Me. All right. Show family affection. Church is fun. Amen? You can smile. It doesn't have to be so serious. Oh, my God. That pastor, he shared a funny story. It's okay. At least for 45 minutes, we're not just telling stories. It's good. Every once in a while, we can say a funny story. Amen. Show family affection to one another. Just in case there's anyone religious here. Outdo. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo each other. Do not lack diligence. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. I love that. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Verse 12. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. I loved everything you said but that. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be in agreement with one another. But notice that verse 16 also goes right after verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. And remember to be in agreement with one another. <laughs> not division with one another. Divided from one another. Agreement with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Verse 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Try to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. Verse 18, if possible, on your part, live at peace with everyone. 
When you read this passage from Paul, what is Paul saying? I feel like Paul is like, hey, church, learn to live with one another. Not only with one another, but church, learn to live with others. It's going to take acknowledging everything that I just read. What does it take? Acknowledging someone else. If you can't acknowledge, a.k.a. celebrate them, you'll never be able to fulfill what Paul wrote there in Romans. But the way that I could fulfill Romans chapter 12, if I finally put myself to what? Acknowledge that there's actually what? Someone else in the room to honor. In this room, I don't ever think myself the most honorable. In this room, do you think yourself the most honorable? Serve and love each other. Celebrate, acknowledge one another. It's going to take celebrating. It never works if it remains solely on you. He's telling us to serve the Lord in all these things. Show affection with each other with brotherly love. Outdo, he says, outdo each other in your apps. I mean, outdo each other in the honor. Honor someone over yourself, he says. That's how I read it when I first read it. But Outdo each other in what? What do I outdo you with? In honoring. Can you imagine us honoring each other and it's just a beautiful outdoing ship? That's not a word, but I made it a word. We're just living to outdo one another and honoring each other. Share with those in need, he says. Pursue, long to be hospitable. Is hospitality a burden for you? Oh, they want to hang out. I don't know. I don't know if I want them over. Long to be hospitable. Again, maybe there's certain people, that's between you and the Lord, but, but pursue and long to be hospitable. Bless those that do wrong to you. No amen for that. Okay, there was a couple of amens. All right, we're a very spiritual church. Rejoice with those that rejoice. Not get jealous. I can't believe he got that position. I can't believe pastor told that person and, I, and he didn't tell no, rejoice, get alongside. That's awesome. I see that gift in you. Celebrate when someone gets a promotion. Like if it's you. Honor each other. Man, there's so, so much to celebrate. I hope you're learning. Don't get jealous. Don't get envious. That stuff destroys families. That stuff destroys friendships. That stuff destroys churches. I've seen great church divides because of internal envy and jealousies. I've seen great family divides because of internal jealousies and envy. Amen? Be in agreement. Do not divide yourself. Live at peace with everyone. Learn, church, not to only, man, this is Christmas, man. Learn not to only look within yourself, but acknowledge someone else with a joyful heart. Scripture tells us that we should be honoring. Who's, I don't have time to go into all this, but it says we should honor our parents. We should honor our spouses. We should honor those who are older. You know that? The Leviticus chapter 19 actually tells us that in verse 32. You shall rise before the gray-headed. You shall rise before the gray-headed and honor the presence of an old man. That's beautiful. You should honor your bosses. You should, I heard, a, I heard a, a gray-headed man say amen on that one. I'm not going to say what it is. I just say uh. You should honor church leaders. You should honor government officials. You should honor police and military. You should honor your very own children. All of this stuff, if we learn how to just celebrate and honor, it will make our world a better place. But it starts with us. Celebrate others. Everyone say that with me. Celebrate others.
All right, you ready for this one? Number two. That took a long time. Let's see. Number two. Write this down. Celebrate alone. You just told us to celebrate with others. But celebrate alone as well. I'll teach you what I mean by this. Celebrate alone. Say it with me. We, we read, and, and we've read this before, and we've studied Psalm 139. It's, it's a lot of Psalms. We've gone over so much. And it reminds us of this. In verse 14, all the way to verse 18, Psalm 139, it says, Thank you for making me so wonderful complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life I was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. Verse 18, I can't even count your thoughts over me, Lord. They outnumber the grains of sand. Do you understand that God's thoughts of you are so beautiful that they outnumber the grains of sand? It's okay. Keep walking bitter. But God speaks over you. Thoughts and thinks over you. Thoughts that outnumber the grains of sand. So beautiful that is. And when I wake, Lord, you are still with me. Thank God you're still with me. Imagine waking up like, oh, man, he didn't show up today. He's still with us. Well, what, is, what is this psalmist teaching us here? I believe that it's telling us also, hey, learn to take time alone. You don't have to always be doing something, and especially doing something with someone. You could also take time off, and you could take time off your phone. You could take a trip. You could walk. You could ride bike. You could run. You could go to a silent place maybe. You could go to a place where you could hear the wind, the waves, the trees. Rock. I don't know what you like. The birds chirp. Whatever you like. But celebrate. Why? Because how will you ever learn to celebrate with others if you first haven't learned to celebrate by yourself? If I haven't figured this stuff out yet, I'm never going to be able to what, supply you. So you need to learn how to celebrate alone and celebrate within. Because then how am I going to celebrate without? Celebrate alone. Sometimes you can have so much company and notice that because you are covering yourself with so much company, all it is is a blanket to hide your loneliness. Because you're so lonely, you're always around people. So what do you need to do? Figure out the joy of how to be found alone with Jesus. Learn to celebrate alone so you could be more effective when you start to celebrate with others. The reason why you might be dread when you hang around others is because you're not learning how to celebrate alone. You're not finding the victory within by yourself. Amen? And then there are times where you could be alone. And yet you truly feel more surrounded than ever. Like, oh, but you've been alone the whole time. Yeah, but, but you don't understand how much company I've had with God. And you're like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. And that's a good thing. This, this, the, the, you, you're more surrounded than ever. You feel a companionship, a unity with this, in this walking with God. You feel richer than ever. Amen? Hallelujah. I feel like this is a good word today. But listen, I read this thought today and I thought about, hey, I, I, should, I read this and I said, oh, this is a good, uh, uh, a good to add to my message. So I added it to my message. And he says this, some of us think so little of ourselves that we'd rather be in bad relationships than none at all. Being around people doesn't guarantee you won't feel lonely. Actually, being with the wrong people guarantees you'll end up feeling empty and used. 
until you overcome your fear of being alone and wait for God to give you the right relationships, you'll continue to feel lonely. Sometimes loneliness is more about not liking yourself than about not having people around who like you. Otherwise, why would you spend so much energy avoiding rejection instead of building healthy relationships? It's a question. Perhaps you think if you don't get involved, you won't get hurt. Or you're afraid to open up in case someone criticizes you for sharing anything personal. Such anxieties just contribute to your sense of isolation. That's powerful. Zig Ziglar, who I love, he's the man that did what? 90% he gives to the Lord and lives off 10%. 90% he tithes, 10% he says I could live off because the Lord has made him so wealthy. And he's a, a great motivational speaker with a deep faith. But he says this. What you picture in your mind, your mind will go to work and to accomplish. What you picture in your mind, your mind will go to work to accomplish. When you change your pictures, you automatically change your performance. What, what, acknowledge yourself. You are special. You are his son. You are his daughter. You are his very own. You are his wonderful and remarkable work and creation. Amen? Be one with him, with his Holy Spirit, and acknowledge, celebrate that celebrate yourself like like wake up and say his thoughts over me like 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 memorize that psalm and speak it into you i was fearfully and wonderfully made you thought of i mean grab that psalm and and wake up every day and say it thank you for making me so wonderful thank you for making me fearfully marvelously Thank you for forming me in utter seclusion in the darkest parts of the womb. Thank you for when I was born, all my na- days were numbered in your book. Thank you for every moment is laid out, every single day. Thank you because your thoughts about me cannot be numbered, not even the, the grains of sand. And thank you because when I wake up, you're still there. Man, talk to yourself if you have to. Acknowledge yourself. Be one with him. Have a heart, have a mind that enjoys yourself. Amen? If you can't enjoy yourself, you're never going to enjoy someone else. You're just going to make them miserable as well because you're already miserable. Oh, no wonder no one wants to be. Yes. Because you're miserable. But that's not the spirit of the Lord. How many can say amen? You're creative as he has made you creative. Your emotions, your personality, your likings. I love all this little detailed stuff. The foods you like, the things that makes you laugh, the things that make you mad. Things that excite you, all of this stuff. Scripture is so clear to tell us that you are made in the likeness of God. Learn to love yourself. Learn to love yourself so then you could effectively love your neighbor. Amen? All right, let's get rolling. Number three, ready? Number one, what was it? I think you said the right one. Celebrate people. Number two, celebrate alone. What do you think number three is? Celebrate together. Celebrate together. We just read in Romans 12, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, celebrate. I love that when the wall was built by Nehemiah, you know what Nehemiah did? He didn't just like, hey, we're done with the wall. Thank you. Good job, Olivia. Great job. Thank you, Crystal. Awesome job, Eli. We built the wall. Go home. See you guys. He said, no, we're just getting started. We built the wall, but now is when the party takes place. We built the wall, but now, and look what he does. It says in Numbers chapter 12, I'm going to read verse 27 through 29. I'm going to skip to verse 31. I'm just going to read it all as one paragraph. It says this. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived. And they were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the 
dedication, with songs of thanksgiving, with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. Does it remind you of a psalm? Psalm 150. The singers also were brought together from the region around Jerusalem. From the villages of the Nepophathites, from Beth Gigal, and you saw how I did that, and from the area of Geba and Asmapheth. For the singers had built villages for themselves around Jerusalem. And then he says, I had the leaders of Judah go up on the top of the wall. I also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. One was to proceed on the top of the wall to the right do- toward the dung gate. I love this. In this scripture, in this text, we see that. Not only were the Levites, the people of God, these special separated people from the rest of them were sought out to participate in worship and in celebration. But others, aside from the Eli's, were called to come in. It's not, oh, that's just the pastor's job. That's just the Levites. That's just the priesthood. No, it's not just the priesthood. He says everybody. If you keep reading the scripture, he even says what? All the women and their children, get out of the kitchen. Get out of your house and come and sing songs with us. He calls everyone to sing. The singers from the region around Jerusalem, the leaders of Judah, the large choirs on the sides, and neighboring Israelites, including the women and children. Verse 43 says it this way. The women and the children also rejoiced so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard afar off. It wasn't just for the leader so-and-so. It wasn't just for pastor so-and-so. It was for everyone that was part of the camp. Celebrate together. The women and the children were mentioned here to show that everyone was worshiping. Even those who had the lowest status in Israel, they all came together to worship God and dedicate, dedicate unto him. I love that the rich and the poor could come before the presence of the Lord and give the same celebration. And the rich man's celebration is not greater than the poor man's. And the poor man's is not greater than the rich man. Because it's not about anything that has to do with earth materialistically. It has to do everything that's happening internally with you. Hallelujah. Celebrate together. Amen. So like I said earlier, so when the house of the Lord is established and united together, there should be an acknowledgement that a day like today is a significant day, a joyous day, a day in which we gather part of this, the church, the body of Christ, us, with an an enjoyable attitude. In order to live a life of worship, we must be part of a community of worship. Amen? In order to be able to celebrate as well, it's important to get around people that can also celebrate with the same things and in the same things. The people of God and worshiping and celebrating with them. This is why they all came together from all over Israel in Nehemiah chapter 12. And it's not the only time. David does the same thing. Can we worship by ourselves? What's the answer? Absolutely yes. Certainly. And we should worship. We just said number one, celebrate by yourself. Or we said that number two. Number three, we said celebrate together. There are special things God does when the people of God gather together and celebrate. Amen. Matthew 18, 20 says, for where two or more gathered in his name, he is in the midst of them. Celebrate together. In fact, scripture commands us faithfully to participate in public gathering of the saints. And that's found in Hebrews. Can I read it to you? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and, and, good, and, love and good works. Verse 25, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some. But encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. It's important to worship together. It's important to encourage. Don't don't take the habit of some. Man, fight for that and learn to celebrate together. Amen. 
The writer of Hebrews is teaching that gathering in this, in this worshiping community is necessary. Necessary to stir up love. Necessary for good works, to stir up good works. To find encouragement, we need to celebrate together. We need to, we need to practice a lifestyle of celebration. We cannot live a lifestyle of celebration necessarily all alone forever. We need to gather with the saints, gather with others, and learn to celebrate together as well. Celebrate together. Say it with me. And as the worship team starts making up their way, number four, it's this. Celebrate in Christ. All of the celebrations is celebrate your life in Christ. Celebrate your salvation. Calm everything else that you receive from Christ. Celebrate life in Jesus. Celebrate your relationships. Celebrate your sonship. Celebrate, acknowledge your position with the Father that is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Philippians 4 says to rejoice. How are you to rejoice? Does anyone know? Rejoice in the Lord at all times. You rejoice always. And like if he didn't make a statement strong enough there, he puts a period. But then he says what? Again, I will say, celebrate. Celebrate in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say celebrate. I want to read a passage to you. Tell me what you think as we close off here. It says this in Psalm 146. It says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let all that I am praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to the God with my dying breath. Don't put your confidence in powerful people. There is no hope for you there. When they breathe their last, they return to the earth. And all their plans die with them. But... But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He made heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. He keeps every promise forever. He gives justice to the oppressed, food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. The Lord protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and the widows. But he frustrates the plans of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever. He will be our God throughout the generations. Guess how he ends? Praise the Lord. There's a lot to celebrate, the psalmist says. Celebrate. That's what the Old Testament says. That's what Scripture tells us as we read Psalm 146. And if that's not enough, Paul tells us the same thing. In Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 8, this is what Paul says. He says, but God demonstrated his love, his own love toward us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. We shall be saved from Revelation 19. And join him in Revelation 19. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We also celebrate we also celebrate in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Celebrate in Jesus Christ. Amen? Number one, celebrate others. Number two, celebrate alone. Number three, celebrate together. And number four, celebrate in Christ Jesus. Amen? Come on, let's stand together today and as we close off, all I could say is, come on, let's, as we stand, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate and let's praise the Lord. How many of you could stand before the presence of the Lord today and say, I'm going to stand and I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to praise the Lord today and, and going forward. Amen.
So I close off with how we started. Psalm 150, as I stand and I celebrate and I say, let's praise the Lord. Here it is. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with sound and trumpet. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Come on, church. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Come on, give him a great celebration. Give him a great praise. Give him the greatest honor today. Come on, can you pray with me? Lord, we love you today. Come on, raise up your hands. Raise up celebration. Pray with me. Lord, I thank you today. Lord, we honor you today. We thank you for this word. We thank you for this truth that you speak to us every time we stand before it, we sit before it. We thank you for putting us in a family like this that doesn't have to necessarily run and hide from the truth of your scripture, but that could humble ourselves before it. And Lord, I pray that you would give us a heart, a spirit, an attitude of celebration. And Lord, we only went over four things, but that we would at least start with those four things and do them well. That we would learn to celebrate others. That we would learn to celebrate by ourselves. That we would learn also to celebrate together. And the most important thing, the thing that we left off with and we stayed and we kept it last. Lord, so we can remember is that all these things should bring forth our celebration in Jesus Christ. Our celebration in our sonship, our daughtership. The celebration of grace. The celebration of our redemption. The celebration of our reconciliation with our Father. Through the blood, through the death, burial, resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So today we love you, we honor you, we celebrate you. Nest Church says we're alive today and we will be alive tomorrow and for the days to come until eternity with you because you've given us an attitude, a heart, a spirit, Lord, the mindset of celebration. Teach us, let us be disciplined to walk and live in the celebrations, encounter the celebrations that are found in the presence of God. So togetherness church says, yes, Lord. We say, yes, Lord. We say, yes, and amen. And we give you the greatest praise this morning. Come on, church. Give them the greatest praise. That's it. Give them a shout if you have a shout. Give them glory if you could give them glory. As you leave today, remember that you are loved. Give someone the pound, the hug, the fist bump, the elbow bump, the shoulder. I don't know what you do, but love someone. Focus on someone celebrate today what a time of Christmas we are in may we not forget that that's exactly what we're doing this December we are celebrating thank you for being with us thank those that are joining us online let's give God one more time praise and as you amen and as you exit and as you stay in conversation let the worship team as we do what we do as we leave and dismiss let them sing a song over us today amen hallelujah God is good come on God is good and all the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.